you reckon the last time was that you got ripped off? Well, the last time that you bought something or you hoped for something, only to find out that it was far short from what you'd, what you'd expected. Uh, it, it happens to us, doesn't it? We get ripped off. Uh, yesterday, uh, we as a family went into the Gallery of Modern Art and uh, I did the very responsible and adult thing of packing our lunch. Uh, so we took our lunch with us. Uh, and I have this secret uh, internal rule that if I am an adult and I pack my lunch, uh, it means that I get to buy something afterwards, just a small treat. You know, I'm, I'm kind of entitled to it. If I, if, I, if I eat a sandwich, surely I get an ice cream afterwards. That's a, that's a rule we all follow, isn't it? So outside the, the State Library, there was a little van and they were selling ice cream, but not just any ice cream, they were selling ice cream dots. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I had never heard of such a thing. But it's ice cream and they're, they're little tiny dots. And I asked the lady, what's the deal with dotty ice cream? And she said, well, let me tell you, normal ice cream, it's only about 40% ice cream. The rest is ice and air mixed together. This stuff, though, 100% ice cream. And so I thought to myself, you know, I need more unadulterated ice cream in my life. So 100% ice cream, definitely. She handed me over the cup, and it, it was a small cup, but I thought, OK, well, maybe if it's just pure ice cream, I only need that much. Then as I proceeded to put the dots into my mouth, I've discovered that while they might be 100% ice cream, there's a lot of air around the outsides and in between those dots. It's actually really difficult to get a mouthful of dotty ice cream and be satisfied by it. And this is what I was entitled to do. I, I, I packed my lunch and I got this sort of ice cream. I was ripped off. I, I, I got taken for a ride. It happens to us. We're travelling through the book of Proverbs and we've seen that it's a book of the Bible very much concerned with life, how we live life, how to live a full life. And it's actually concerned that we don't get ripped off in life. It doesn't say much about ice cream, but it is about us not getting ripped off more generally. Proverbs is a book seeking our best. And today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 7, 8 and 9. We, we just read 9, but we're going to look at those three chapters together, which is a lot. So just keep your, keep your Bible open to those few pages. Keep your finger in there because it'll be helpful So we'll move fairly quickly through some of the parts. And so Proverbs has spoken to us, our journey over the last five weeks or so, in lots of different, lots of colourful ways. There's been lots of word pictures, lots of metaphors. You know, it's, a, it's certainly a book that's captured our imaginations. And one of the ways that Proverbs has communicated to us is by, uh, is by getting us to meet certain characters, introducing us to some people. Proverbs 7 is no different. We're going to meet a character and going to see him in a certain situation there. We don't hear any of his words. He doesn't have a speaking part, but instead he's going to represent something to us. He's going to highlight a, a condition to us, a condition that a person can be in. As we've mentioned throughout the whole, the first nine chapters of Proverbs is written as a dad to a son. It's, it's Solomon seeking to pass his wisdom on to his sons. We'll talk more about that later. But for now, look with me, uh, chapter 7, verse 6 and 7. We're going to see the dad painting this situation with the character in there. Verse 6. At the window of my house, I looked through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. This is our character. This is who we're introduced to. A young man, he, he's green and he's described as simple. We, we use the word simple, you know, for someone who might be a bit slow on the uptake, but the Bible's using it slightly different here. It's someone who is young and green and immature and impressionable. A Hebrew word, it's, it's related to being open. So this is a young man who's open to influence. Uh, it says, uh, is lack judgment, it's 
literally lacking heart. There's a, in a way, he's not fully formed. That's, that's what's going on here. He's kind of lacking. And so in the Bible, being simple isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not like the fool when Proverbs describes a fool. That's someone who recklessly is rejecting God. Simpleness is someone who could go either way, though. Certainly, simpleness can lead to walking away and rejecting God. But there's also the potential that the simple will wise up and they will honour God and live a prosperous life. In a way, they're, they're open, they're vulnerable, they're open to being ripped off. And so the dad explains what happens to our young friend here. As is common in Proverbs, it involves a woman. You, you knew this was coming. And so verse 8 to 10, this is what it says. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. We, we see where this is headed, don't we? We know the end of this story before we even get to it. It's really interesting. He, he lacked heart, remember? Her crafty intent, it's, it's literally guarding her heart. That's what it is. And so it's to see this inequality. She's guarding her heart. He lacks heart. It's the, the hunter and the hunted. As darkness kind of looms in here, our young green friend is going to become prey. That's what's happening. Verse 13, this is what happened. She took hold of him and kissed him with a brazen face. Uh, verse 15, she said, So I've come to meet you. I look for you and have found you. I've looked for you all my life. She, she drips with flattery. Uh, verse 19, she reassures him, My husband's not at home. He's gone on a long journey. No need to worry. No one will find out. Verse 21, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. He, he falls for it. He, he's, he's, he's stuck. On, the, on one level, this is a warning about, against adultery. It carries on from last week and Ross's talk uh, there. But more so, this is actually a description of being simple. It, it's, it's a description of being simple and getting ripped off. It's, the passage doesn't exactly talk about much what happens with the woman, but it does tell us what happens with the young man. It explains it with this illustration. Verse 22 and 23, All at once he followed her, like an ox going to the slaughter. It's vivid language. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. He doesn't even know what's going on. He doesn't have a clue what's happening. Verse 26, we're told about her. Many are the victims she's brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. She's doing this every day of the week. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Now, I don't, think she actually, I don't think she's a serial killer. I don't think she actually killed him. But it, it's just saying this adultery, it, it's ruined him. He was, he was played here. He's, he's, it's, you know, the language, he's reduced to the level of an animal. Reduced to being dumbly trapped and killed. She takes advantage of his simpleness. In a, in a way, uh, his simpleness is kind of made apparent to everyone. He's branded by his simpleness and he, he, he dies because of it. Being simple has led to him being ripped off. And now we get, we get better at not being ripped off in life, don't we? We get, we get more and more shrewd. We get kind of defence mechanisms against it. Uh, I'm in the market for a new second-hand car at the moment and we know that's a realm that we, we definitely need all of our defence mechanisms against getting ripped off. Uh, I went for a drive. Uh, I took a couple of cars that I wanted to for a drive a couple of weeks ago. And the salesman tried this one on me. He goes, you know, you need to do yourself a favour and you need to drive this other car, which was more expensive. But he said, don't, don't worry about that. It's not that much more and I'm sure you'll appreciate it. 
And so I went for a drive, but my defence mechanism was, you know, the poker face. Like, no matter how much I may have enjoyed that slightly dearer car, I was not letting him know that. And so we, we developed this. We, we, we make ways for us not to get ripped off. We get better at not being gullible. And yet, even though we get better at not being ripped off in some ways, we still remain simple in others. Part of, part of being a human is to be simple. It's actually part of our human condition. You know, since the devil tricked Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, we've been especially susceptible to being taken for a ride by, by sin. And sin's the times we fall short of the ways in which God wants us to live. And we know the times that we willingly step into that noose, the, the times we willingly stray. And so whether it's sexual, like in the example... Whether it's, whether it's us being greedy rather than generous, whether it's the times we're tempted to you know, promote ourselves either by talking up our achievements or by, by tearing down those around us, whether it's the times that we get you know, kind of detoured away from what God's priorities are for us, we just set off on those ways, or whether even it's just that we're tempted to not care, to see life as a lounge chair, and that there's nothing, nothing spiritually pressing, nothing at stake, nothing urgent. You know, there's a thousand ways in which we get taken for a ride by sin. A thousand ways that we get ripped off by sin. And so between the temptations of the devil, between the false promises made by the world, and between our, the insistence of our own flesh, you know, we, we get reduced to prey. We get reduced to an animal, just like our young friend. More times than we like to say. And we all know that feeling of getting played by sin. You know, the disappointment in ourselves. That feeling of realising your own simpleness. You know, how could I be so stupid? That's, that's not what I'm meant to be. That's not who Jesus has called me to be. We get played and we get taken for a ride by sin all the time. We have this condition. Like it or not, we are, we are simple. And now, I mentioned earlier that Proverbs is written, it's the context of a father to a son and so this is a particularly powerful uh, illustration, a powerful image, because parents don't like to see their kids getting ripped off. In fact, parents get really dirty. They want their, what's best for their kids, and if they see their kids getting shortchanged, uh, that, 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 that's not what they want at all. And so this is a really powerful picture because this is God's words to us. Uh, this is our Heavenly Father who knows that we're simple, who knows that we're susceptible to being ripped off, and this is his words and his concern to us. This is how he shows his love to us. He wants to spare us from being taken for a ride by sin. And so to move from chapter 7 to chapter 8, this is where uh, the father, Solomon, kind of shifts uh, our attention from what we should avoid to what we should chase. In fact, he's going to introduce us to someone else, and it's a girl. In fact, he's kind of going to push us in the back and say, oh, you need to talk to this girl, and kind of winks at us and says... You, you, I need, you need to know her. And in fact, she's a, she's a lady that we've met throughout Proverbs already. She's, uh, she's wisdom personified, lady wisdom. And uh, we know that she's not silent. This is not a silent part. She's got a lot to say. We don't have enough time to go through every single thing that she says. But if we just glance over chapter 8, verse 1 to 21, we'll, we'll see all of the different things that, are, um, that she says in there. Hey, friends. Hi. 
So chapter 8, verse 1 to 21. Uh, firstly, 1 to 4, we see that she, she openly offers her wisdom. You know, there's, there's no trickery, there's no guarding her heart. She, she wants everyone to prosper. She speaks to all of mankind. Verse 5, she addresses the simple. She reassures us. It doesn't reassure us that her husband's not home. She reassures us that her words are true and straight. They're down the line. Moreover, listening to her is valuable. Verse 10 to 11, it says, Nothing you, des- you desire can compare with her. She's, she's kind of out of our league, but here she is. Furthermore, she's a good moral influence. Verse uh, 10 to, uh, 12 to 13, more, she's a, she's a powerful ally, we see. Verse 15 to 16. She offers us wealth and honour, verse 18 to 21. She's, she's quite a woman. And it's topped, all, topped off with this line in verse 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. It's really interesting. This, this relationship with wisdom, it's reciprocated. There's an equality. You know, the adulteress played our young friend and she pushed him down. She reduced him to an animal. Lady Wisdom wants to lift us up in that way. Lady Wisdom loves us and seeks our best. In a way, we're meant to be seduced by Lady Wisdom. We're meant to want what she has. I'm sorry if that's a weird picture for you, but that's what it is. You're meant to say, oh, yes, I do want this, this full and prosperous life that God offers. And it's not that we shouldn't be seduced. It's just that we're meant to be seduced by the, the right woman, as it were. Lady Wisdom goes on in verse 22 to 31. She sings. She kind of sings this song for us. And it's a song about creation. She's taking us back to the beginning and she says, I was there. It's a song about ancient times when things were different. Uh, I don't know, you know how songs and music have this, this really powerful effect in transporting us back, don't they? Uh, I don't listen to Slim Dusty often, but if I ever hear Slim Dusty, it takes me back to my you know, childhood Christmases at my grandparents' property. Song, songs do that. They have this incredible power to recall something in us. And so this song that Lady Wisdom sings, she's, she's trying to recall in us something, something from long ago almost. She sings about the way things were meant to be. Now pick up a little bit of this song, verse 29, talking about God. When, when he, when God gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command and when, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with the delight day after day. Rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. It's Lady Wisdom, she rejoices. It's a song of celebration about when the world was good and everything fit together in harmony. And we as humankind, we were there, we were right there. And we were there with wisdom and she delighted in us. And it's a song, in a sense, about our ancient destiny, to to live and prosper with wisdom in God's good world. A time when we weren't simple, a time when we weren't ripped off at all. And in a way, it's a, it's a song we know. That disappointment that we feel when we get ripped off, that uh, when, when we feel uh, that being taken for a ride by sin, that testifies about the way things should be. We kind of get used to getting ripped off and sometimes we don't question our sin, but Lady Wisdom sings here and she wants to awaken in us that hunger for our ancient destiny, to, to live full and whole and prosperous lives before the face of God. She wants us to yearn to be human again and not reduced to animals. And so this song is about our ancient destiny. 
It's picked up. The same tune is kind of picked up in the life of Jesus. In fact, his life reminds us of what we were meant to be, what it is to be truly human. Throughout the Gospels, we see, we see Jesus, the man who is in perfect relationship with his heavenly Father. We see Jesus, the man who relates to his fellow people as the perfect neighbour. He, he rebukes those who, who are hard-hearted. He shows compassion to those who are downtrodden. And so he, he does the exact perfect thing for other people. We see him fit back into creation perfectly as Jesus kind of wields this power and dominion over creation. He commands the winds and the waves to quiet down. He doesn't give in to the devil. He's not, he's not bullied by the world. He denies his flesh. He, he's a true human. He lives a truly human life. He restores humanity. And Paul calls Jesus the, the second Adam or the last Adam. Adam was the first human. Jesus is the second last human. Adam was tested in the Garden of Eden and he failed. Jesus, he's tested in the Garden of Gethsemane and he succeeds. Adam failed to obey God about the tree. Jesus succeeds in obeying God about his tree, the cross, even though that leads to his death. And so it is by this death of Jesus that we can have the, the shame of our simpleness put to death. Jesus, Jesus offers to take away in his death that disgrace of sin. We can be assured that Jesus lays down our shame in the grave for good. He buries it, and that, that is good news. But more than that, he also, we can be raised to life with him now, back to true humanity in that way, back to that ancient destiny, back to a restored relationship with our Father, back to being good neighbours to those who are around us, back to our place in creation, to, to live as Jesus did, to, to be human again, this is what he offers to us. This is the offer. And in chapter 9 of Proverbs, this offer, it's, it's put into a picture for us. It's painted for us. Proverbs says, I want you to imagine a street that you're walking down. On one side of the road, there's a house and you can smell cooking coming out of it. And there's Lady Wisdom. She's out the front and she's calling you in. But on, right across the street, right on the other side of the road, there is another house and you can smell food in there as well. And Lady Folly, she's called. She kind of she uh, symbolises the adulteress, all it would take us away. Uh, she's described as undisciplined in uh, in in that passage, and it means she makes people to be simple. That's what that means. And so here they are, side by side, right across the street. This is the street of decision for us. We choose wisdom, or we choose folly, simpleness. Lady Wisdom says this, verse four in chapter nine. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, same language as chapter 7 about our young friend. She says, verse 5, Come, eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Lady Wisdom says, come in here. Come out of the, the dirt of simpleness. Crush my threshold into life. Embrace God's ways for you. It's, it's the opposite story to chapter 7, our young friend there. Here we are called out of simpleness to live. In verse 16, uh, we hear Lady Folly speak. And what does she say? She says exactly the same words. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment. She says, stolen water is sweet food, eaten in secret is delicious. She seems like a good host as well. Seems like there's a party in there. But this is what we're told about her house. Little do they know that the dead are in there, that her guests are in the depths of the graves. We're meant to see in through the windows and see that it's corpses sitting up at the table in there. 
She, she calls for us, she calls us the, the simple, she calls us simple, but instead of leaving simpleness, it's kind of to embrace our simpleness. It's, it's to graduate on to being a fool. It's to wear it proudly and ultimately live as a fool. And more than that, it's, it's to die as a fool in there. And so this is the street of decision that we face. And, and in one way, this represents the big capital D decision that we all face in life. You know, will you accept God's ways? Will you accept God's wisdom in life? Will you choose your own? Will you accept Jesus' offer to bury the shame of our sin, be raised to life as true human? Or will you, will you accept and choose to be reduced, reduced to an animal and reduced to death? And so what's, what's going on here? This is the big decision that we face. Some of us make it as, as kids, some as adults. But ultimately our Heavenly Father wants us to choose the way of life doesn't want us to be ripped off. Verse 11 and 12, he says this, For through me your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you're wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. And so this, this is the street of decision and it's, it's not hard to see which one God wants us to choose. And yet on a whole other level, this is, this is a decision that we face every day, even as people who follow Jesus. Throughout these first nine chapters, we've been continually told to listen. That's been the command. Listen to God. Listen to the Father's voice. That's what it is to embrace Lady Wisdom. It is to listen to God. And so even as people who do trust Jesus, we're called every day to continually and actively choose to listen to God. Listen to his word, listen to his spirit, to ask ourselves, where has God been speaking to us lately? To ask each other, where has God been speaking to us? Where, where's he leading us? Where, where can you express your obedience in being a good child and listening to our Father? Our God is the speaking God. He's the God with a mouth, and so of course he speaks, and it follows that we would be people who listen, people with ears. People who do wake up every day and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so we're to weave together this life of learning and growing, we're told in Proverbs. This, of course, is the end of chapter 9 where we're finishing our series, but there's still 22 more chapters of Proverbs to go. And Proverbs changes at this point. It swaps over to the sayings, one or two lines and the waves of subjects that we're told about. And so we're meant to see this street of decision kind of as the gateway to the rest of Proverbs. We're to have this choice in the back of our minds. Will we choose wisdom or will we choose not to listen? As, as we read all of them, we're to think, where does this apply to my life? Where does this look like listening to God? Where will we consider what God is saying to us? Where will we choose God's way? Embrace Lady Wisdom. Where will we listen? So I'm going to pray for us now that we would be people who listen. So please bear with me. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you do yearn for us to have life, life in Jesus Christ, life that, is, uh, that has had sin dealt with and buried and life that is raised again to live as true humans. Lord, I pray that you would give us the wisdom. I pray that you would allow us to embrace your ways and I pray that you would be people that... Uh, that we would be people who listen, listen carefully to our Father. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Uh, as you came in, in your notice sheet, there would have been a small card. That's our Connect card. This is the way that we hear from you. If you would uh, like to write down any prayer points or respond in any way, uh, please write that down. We'll give you a couple of minutes now uh, to be able to do that and just pop it into the collection bag as it goes around. Thanks. Thanks.